This is Stephen Adams. And this is Kevin Dr- oh, sorry. <laughs> Kevin Durant. <laughs> You're Kevin Durant, mate. <laughs> good to see you, mate. Different complexion. Okay, let's go here. So, this is Stephen Adams. And this is Anna's Cantor. You're listening to the Down to Earth. Down to Dunk podcast. What? Down to, down to Dunk. Down to Dunk. I'll down say that. Dunk. Introduce yourself, mate. Here's Stephen Adams, and I'm Anna's Cantor. And you're listening to Down to Dunk podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schlecht. We are a part of DailyThunder.com, AlmightyBaller.com, and also Dash Radio. And with me, my good friend, John Ham. John, how are you? Wappy Wednesday. Wappy Wednesday. It's windy. It's a windy, wappy Wednesday. Windy, today. wappy Wednesday. For Wessel Westbrook, <laughs> as my son calls him. Wessel Westbrook. It is a hard name to say for children. <laughs> it is. And for adults at sometimes too, including oh, yeah. myself. <laughs> yeah, including Charles Barkley and the people like that. That's right. Uh, so the Thunder play tonight, game two against the Rockets. Obviously, this is a game the Thunder have to make a lot of adjustments for. Uh, what are what are some key adjustments you think Donovan should make tonight? Well, I think one, tell Russell Westbrook to play better. Yeah, um, be good. <clears throat> yeah, I, I would start there. Uh, and oh, then Victor Oladipo, make your shots. Um, yeah. <laughs> I would go there. Um, oh, hey, big man, uh, box out. Let's mm-hmm. let's do that. Honestly, like I'm talking about, like some fundamental things that if they clean that up, there were some things. Like in game one, I kind of got some of the switching strategy they were talking, you know, that they were doing. I think it was because Houston hoists forty threes a game. I think it was to make them uncomfortable or be able to contest them better. Yep. Um, but switching within his canter is just not a good idea. <laughs> Why not? Why not, John? Oh, it's just not a good idea. It was um, it was embarrassing. That was yeah. I felt bad for him. I rarely feel bad for NBA players, but uh, it happened a couple times. It did, um, and that's the thing. I mean, yeah, you know, I, I was looking at the stats earlier. I mean, against Houston during the regular season, Cantor was like a positive. I think two point eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he had a positive net rating against them and, you know, good offensive numbers. And But it just kind of shows the difference between regular season and playoffs. Um, yeah, they just, I mean, as soon as, as soon as Gator switched out on Harden, you just saw him go, oh, yeah. Yep. Oh. <laughs> Time to coach. It yeah. was, yeah, I mean, I think that you kind of nailed it at the beginning. The Thunder just have to be better. I mean, I think there's some adjustments in there. I think that Todd Gibson should play more. Uh, I, th- I think that they shouldn't play Norris Cole. I don't think that makes any sense. Uh, I agree. I think Samaj is going to play, and I don't think he was that bad. Uh, right. And so he'll play. I, w- I hope he'll play no more than eight minutes. It's um, playoff Samaj. It is playoffs. He, I mean, he gave some serious effort. He ripped a rebound away from I don't remember who it was from, but he ripped a rebound away. Gave, gave us a uh, classic banker three from Samaj. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, he was fine. He was fine. But uh, some of those rotations were a little weird. I think if they are going to switch a lot, I think they would benefit from playing smaller. And, you know, if Adams isn't playing well, well I, don't, I just don't understand not playing Todd Gibson 35 minutes. 
I mean, what are they yeah. what are they saving him for? He might not even be on the Thunder next year. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I think those are some things that they could do. But honestly, they just have to be better. Like you said, Russell Westbrook was not good. He had nine turnovers. He can't do that again. Um, right. So he, he just has to be better. And that's that's got to be the main adjustment. And I think they will be better. And, uh, yeah, like defend Pat Beverly. There's no way that dude should be getting 10 rebounds against this Thunder team. Sure. Yeah. I mean, the Thunder team is they're the best rebounding team of the regular season. Right. That that was a weird aberration. There were some weird bounces that were happening, but it was also an effort deal. I mean, the oh, yeah, the Rockets came to play and the Thunder didn't. I think that that's a, a pretty decent summary of game one. And there is a there was a clear demarcation because Stephen Adams floored pat beverly and there was this moment yeah. where like thunder fans got this moment of joy and i'm telling you pat bev was just like i <laughs> he just bawled out after that he so, was great he was really good um, it hurts me to say those words was, i know i think i think it was like i think the score was within eight at that point and then houston just went on a tear after that and beverly was a big part of that so well robertson uh, hit a three on that same possession it was the hard screen Pass mm-hmm. over to Robertson, and he hit a three, um, which is yep. super crazy. Um, speaking of Robertson, our hot hand player of the week is Andre Robertson. He played the it game of no his played the game of his life in game one uh, when it didn't matter at all. <laughs> uh, poor guy, uh, he's outstanding defender. I think that they. I mean, I, th- I understand the switching, but I think that they need to fight a little bit harder on Harden to keep mm-hmm. Robertson on him because that's no, where he's most effective. Cause if he gets switched off onto Ryan Anderson, that's like the most worthless Andre Robertson the Thunder could have. Right. Yeah. So I would, I'd like to see him fight over screens and give him more of a chance to defend him one-on-one. Uh, but our hot hand player of the week is brought to you by anchor down. If you need a place to watch the game tonight, you can go downtown uh, to Anchor Down. They'll have a big screen out on their patio. They'll always have it on the TVs and over the sound system on the inside. Uh, it's super good. Go get yourself some pizza tots. Get yourself a corn dog, which is what they're known for. They have all these different gourmet corn dogs that are delicious. They got house chips that come with them. They got a great beer selection. It's a great place to watch a game. Great place to go for lunch. Go check out Anchor Down today and of course they've got a great salad i'm gonna vouch for that salad for the rest of my life it's a delicious <laughs> salad uh so john anything else about game two before we move on um I, I don't i don't really have a whole lot other than uh you know hey it's been a couple of days and this is this is where donovan is supposed to be making his money so yeah. making those adjustments yep that's what he was known for in the playoffs last year and yep he's he's got to do it and I think that he can make good adjustments and the Thunder still lose this series um, sure. in six or seven. So I don't think, I think that that may be misconstrued if the Thunder lose in the first round. Well, well, Billy Donovan's supposed to be the adjustment maker. Like he can, he can make good adjustments and the Thunder even get swept. You know, I mean, it's, right. it's, that's, that's possible. So let's just, let's make sure that we have a little bit of nuance in what we're talking about and that we're able to suss things out a little bit more than just the Thunder won or they lost and it's all Billy Donovan's fault. Um, so <laughs> kind of like the Brad Stevens deal. Like people are wanting to be like, well, when you look at Brad Stevens playoff record, will you look at the way that the Celtics are playing? Is Brad Stevens that good anymore? Like Brad Stevens is a good coach. They're on, they're under right. some, some different kinds of, 
pressure right now, not only playoff pressure, but the stuff going on with Isaiah, I think is a really big deal. And that's out of his control. Um, also, yeah. Rajon Rondo, like rising from the dead, is also uh, out of Brad Stevens' control. And this <laughs> Bulls team just being incredible out of nowhere, also out of his control. I think he's still a good coach. I think that. I think the Celtics probably outperformed what they should have been this season even. Like, they have some decent talent, but uh, when it comes down to the playoffs, I mean, just look. It's NBA stars that win in the playoffs. And, you know, Isaiah's had a good season, um, but I think that it's hard for a guy that's that small to affect the game. And you you just don't see guys that small that lead teams to the finals outside of like Allen Iverson, who's like the ultimate outlier. So, mm-hmm. well, and then another thing too. I mean, I, I've only I've only started watching the game from last night a little bit. Um, but who is the max player in this series? Is it Robin Lopez or Al Horford? Yeah, no kidding. Uh, Robin Lopez. I mean, Lope- bullied the entire Celtics roster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's what I'm seeing is like Robin Lopez is just flat out outplaying mm-hmm. Al Horford. So um, and then Amir Johnson is having some issues in that series, too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it, it is it is so unfortunate with with, you know, Isaiah Thomas and his situation. But there are a number of other things that unfortunately are going against them right now. But, yeah, your original point you know, there was an article this morning about, you know, Brad Stevens needs to be on the hot seat if he loses this series. And <laughs> give me a break. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's uh, let's let's pipe down just a smidge. Yep. When you're about to fire somebody, I always like to say, how fast is that person going to get hired by somebody else? Oh, God. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, that oh, yeah. that shows like this person, like they're really good at their job. And sometimes guys that are right. great at their job do get fired. I'm not saying that that shouldn't happen. Sometimes there needs to be a change of culture, change of circumstances. But, I mean, Brad Stevens would be instantly hired. I think a lot of teams would fire their head coaches right now to get Brad Stevens. I'm sure that a lot of NCAA teams would be begging him to come and run their team. Oh. So. Um, no doubt. And he's if, a good if, coach. if the Celtics go on to lose the series, which they still haven't yet. Right. Um, the guy, the guy that you want to direct your ire to is probably Danny Ainge. Sure. Yeah. If they had a chance to go get Jimmy, who's playing for the bulls, uh, <laughs> probably should have done that. Um, so let's do some, some Twitter questions. First question from at D tally live. He asks, Serge Ibaka had six assists last night. My question is what the heck? <laughs> yeah, and then he uh, he followed up with um, a, a video playlist showing each one of those passes. Uh, that's not the guy I remember. No, and so, I mean some of those were pretty uh, generous assists. Yes, <laughs> some yeah, of them were like, extremely pass, generous. <laughs> pass to a guy who <clears throat> then drives to the basket and makes a bucket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that just shows you, you know, uh, it, it's helpful to see how assists are credited elsewhere to kind of give you a little bit of an idea on yes. you know, scores tables and how generous they can be. Pass to Valanciunas. He dribbles, makes a post move, and then scores. And somehow that was attributed to Serge Ibaka. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he did make a nice nice pass. But he, I mean, Ibaka's playing very well. He was incredible mm-hmm. last night for the Raptors. Uh, he's capable of doing a lot of things. And, you know, the Raptors need him to step up. And he did. And 
he is doing things that he didn't do in OKC. I think some of he had like a, like two dribbles into the paint and a and a really nifty pass to Valanciunas for an easy easy bucket. Uh, we didn't see that much from Ibaka, and I think some of it was that the Thunder didn't give him any of those responsibilities, and maybe it's a little bit more free flowing uh, in Toronto. Um, but Ibaka was, was good for the Thunder, and he was not good for Orlando. But it, I think that mm-hmm. whenever he is your third or fourth best player on the court, and you're going to ask him to make shots and play defense, uh, he's very capable of doing those things. Yeah. Yeah, last night's stat line was uh, was really good. I didn't get a chance to see that game last night. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, once again, we're in a playoff series where the Toronto Raptors have lost game one. So, right. It's just the way they do it. <laughs> it has to be done that way. It's a Canadian yep. policy. Um, yep. From at JT Money twelve eighty six, what is the local? Why or hold on? But why is the local media such a bleep show when it comes to the playoffs? <laughs> At least we have you guys to keep us sane. Yes, I know Ham. Okay. Um, so here are, here's my deep thoughts from a shallow mind about this. Okay. Um, so I, I think, uh, you know, I, I asked for some clarification and JT was talking about mostly radio. Um, so here, here's what I have learned in trying to kick around new ideas and, and trying to learn what's going on kind of in the radio business. Look, the number one, like most in demand topic on for sports radio in this market is OU football. Number one followed, you know, in the thunder, I, I think it's kind of shrinking uh, thanks to Durant's departure. It's still kind of a big deal. But if you'll notice, we have a lot of former OU and OSU football players that are on the radio and they bring terrific insight. They also I mean, they have the football mentality mm-hmm. because, you know, the football is a sport where one loss can be devastating. Yeah. Um, and they also have a sport where if a guy went out and was just playing at 70%, he would probably have to be carted off the field at some point. It's just, it's just a different sport, a different mindset, a different mentality Mm -hmm. that a lot of times I think they tend to carry over and apply it to the NBA. Um, And so like, you know, JT said that, you know, I, I'm one that appreciates the nuances of the game. Um, And I do, I, I typically rather than, you know, react to like the moment and make definitive judgments. I do tend to think long-term. Um, I do tend to apply, you know, past experience, you know, in my analysis and it's just a different line of thinking. And believe you me, there are people out there on the air and, and listeners that are frustrated with me because I'm not as reactive as those mm-hmm. guys. So mm-hmm. um, I think that's, I think that's a lot of it. I mean, they do bring, they bring a different mindset and I'm not saying they're wrong, Necessarily, you know, if the Thunder come out and they're completely flat in Game One, and you know, they didn't match Houston's intensity, no, that's that's definitely a talking point. Um, where I caution is jumping to long term conclusions based on one game. Yeah, because I, I have heard some, you know, right after that. Well, what, is Russell Westbrook going to stay? Why does he want to stick around for this? Can they <laughs> trade him? What can they get for him? You know, kind of right. like we've, you know, leaped off that cliff already. And that's where I just caution that. And that's kind of where I put out the tweet. Like, you know, let's let's calm down just a little bit here. Don't jump to long term conclusions. 
um, these are these are adults for the most part <laughs> that yes. are involved in everything here. Yeah, it's still first to four wins, even if you lose one. Sure, uh, and the Thunder yeah. Thunder are the road team as well, and it's likely that they lose both these games in Houston. But then if they can mm-hmm. win both in OKC, force that game five. I mean, game five will be it, right? I mean, that will be. Game 5 decides a lot of series that are 2-2. And so if the Thunder can get themselves in position to do that, I think that's a big deal. So, I mean, I I would just caution people not to overreact uh, really to anything. I think even if you're a Celtics fan, like try not to overreact to this because you can still – I mean, Chicago's been inconsistent all season. And they could still – they could go in and win both games – in Chicago, and then the series is right back where it was. So, yeah, I mean, it, these are long series typically, and I still expect the Thunder series to be long. Um, but yeah, jumping to giant conclusions from one game, not the best idea. And here's and here's a question that kind of jumps to some some conclusions about Stephen Adams, and I want, I think that we both probably agree about this. So I'd like to kind of hammer this home a little bit. Uh, it's from Joshua Bball. He asked, "Who's who? Who's a more tradable contract, Ennis or Adams?" Uh, yeah, and it's probably Adams. Yeah, it's it's, it's and I think it's obviously Stephen Adams. Like there are yeah twenty eight or twenty nine teams that would call with interest in bringing mm. in Stephen Adams for whatever cost. Uh, he's a very good player. He's selfless. Is he having the best year? Actually, he is having the best season of his career, believe it or not. <laughs> um, but is, did he have a great game one? I, no. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, is he going to score 20? Is he going to be a 2010 guy? Maybe never in his career will he be a 2010 guy. Like That probably won't, probably won't happen. That's not the kind of player he is. He's, he's not one of these AAU guys who went out and scored 30 points a game. He didn't do that in college. Uh, he didn't do that really anywhere. And so to ask that guy to make a kind of leap like that, I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's probably not going to happen. He's going to be a guy that's always going to do the little things to help a team win. Um, yeah, I, I just I think it's Steven Adams. He's valuable on both ends. And for the people that think that the Thunder made a big mistake giving him that contract, man, I feel like John and I have talked about this a lot before, actually. Yeah. Um, I just... It, like he had the the contract hadn't even started yet, guys. <laughs> I know. And I know. Like, he, why are we? He's not even twenty. He's, he's yeah. not even twenty-seven, which is how old he's going to be when the contract expires. Right. And so this dude who is far from his prime, far from his peak development, far from the finished product, you want to give up on him now? You want to trade him now? Right. A lot of NBA. If that was the mindset of Sam Presti, Sam Presti would be the worst GM in the league. If they yeah. went to trade him for whatever, I don't even know what people want. Like, what do you want in return for Stephen Adams? Like, what is your expectation? And like the people that are like wanting to trade, like, well, we probably can't get much for him, but we better go ahead and go get that top fifty to protect a second round pick before he just <laughs> obliterates the entire city of Oklahoma. I mean, it's just it's. I mean, yeah. it's it's crazy, guys. I mean, this he may he may have an awful series. It might happen, but does that mean that the Thunder need to trade him or move on? No, and they're not going nope. to. It's not going to happen. Nope. They're not going to unless there was a no brainer sort of a trade came along. Sure. I mean, if Paul George or Jimmy Butler come up and the Bulls are saying, "Hey, 
Jimmy Butler for Steven Adams. Let's do this. I think the Thunder have to say yes. I think the same for Paul George. I think the Thunder have to say yes to that. Yeah, there are certain guys they would, but no, they're they're not going to just you know swap him for a couple of starters and you know a, a right. future pick to be named later. No, and, and we've talked about this you know in the past that I still think it's that sticker shock. People still yep. see one hundred million dollars, and they just they they can't fathom when in reality, you know he. If you're going by the economy, you're probably thinking of his contract came in less than Ennis Cantor's. And there was a whole lot of heartburn about Ennis Cantor when he yes. signed that contract. Mm-hmm. Um, so, no, I, I expect Steven Adams to improve. There, I mean, not only in his game, uh, offensively, defensively, but he obviously he needs to learn to become more consistent game in, game out. Um, but, yeah, that's not unusual for a 23-year-old. And I think, I think his playoffs last year – because and that was really a small sample size, you know, yeah. those 20 some odd games where, oh, my God, Steven Adams is going to do, you know, it just kind of blew his expectations out the window. Like he's, he's not there yet. Right. I, I, I know what you saw, but I don't think he's going to get there for a couple of years. And in these extensions, that's you're paying for the potential of what you think the guy's going to become. Yeah. And playing alongside Kevin Durant and Serge Ibaka. That changes the way that he can play. That changes the yeah. way that he defends. It changes the, the spacing on the floor, his ability to uh, catch alley-oops. Like those alley-oops are way more open when you have the floor completely spaced. I mean, we talk a lot about how this roster doesn't fit Russell Westbrook, but the truth of the matter is it doesn't fit a lot of these guys. <laughs> I You're mean, right. it's, it's just as much of a tough fit for, for Steven Adams as it is for Russell Westbrook because when that paint is clogged whenever there's I mean last season it was typically one guy he was competing with rebounds for whenever it's mm-hmm. three man that's going to change things and whenever he's defended yeah. and even double teamed I mean you're going from a team where it didn't make any sense to double team Steven Adams to where there's two other guys on the court that can't score of course we're going to double team him um he there's a lot of adjustments that are going to have to be made for him. I think he's going to be a very good player. I think that he'll be, um, I think he'll be a top five center in the league. Um, and those that are, someone texted me, my friend Adam texted me saying that, uh, somebody on the radio said that he was like a bottom five center. It's like, okay, come on. Dude, what? Yes. I mean, and this, this goes back to what TJ was saying. I mean, it's just, or JT, JT was saying, I mean, it is jump off a cliff. I don't understand what's happening. I don't know the NBA, and so I'm just going to jump off this cliff. Um, yeah. Man, I mean, let's, we, we've got to try to stay level-headed. And if you knew something before game one, it's probably still true. Don't <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> That one game does not make it untrue. <laughs> right. Yeah, and no doubt. I mean, there there are things about Adam's production after say February that are concerning. Mm-hmm. Um, are they long term concerns? I, I don't think so. Um, but yeah, just oh man, that is one hot take. If you want to come and tell me that he's a bottom five center, <laughs> it's just absurd. Uh, That's a scorching hot take. In fact, we don't even have to comment on it anymore, John. Nope, nope. <laughs> From at Cole underscore Hickson, do you think we finally see a Grant Gibson front court tonight? may I, I mean i think it makes sense it does i think it does i'm not a professional basketball coach and 
I, in a lot of ways, I, I defer a lot to the professionals and the job they do, unless it's obvious that they are clearly incompetent. Yeah. Um, you know, if if a David Kahn's running an organization, then yeah, I'm I'm, I'm going to point out a few things that I think he's terrible. Or if a Phil Jackson's running a team, mm-hmm. um, if Phil Jackson's coaching a team, I'm probably going to defer to him. Yeah. So. <laughs> Um, I think it makes sense now. You know, we'll see what Donovan what Donovan thinks out of this. Yeah, I'd love to see uh, Gibson, Grant, Robertson, Abrines, and Russ line up on the court. Uh, mm-hmm. I think offensively, I think that it works because you can have Abrines and Grant spreading the floor. You can also put in Oladipo uh, for Abrines. I just like Abrines's shooting ability better than Oladipo's. Um, and then even, I mean, Taj can stretch a little bit, and then you can even run your pick and roll with Robertson and get um, James Harden involved in the defense. And I think that's to the Thunder's benefit. And then on the offensive or on the defensive end, you can switch everything without being too concerned. I think Taj can cover most guys on the perimeter. I think he can guard. Harden in spots, you definitely wouldn't want to switch every time where Todd Gibson's his primary defender. Um, mm-hmm. Like we talked about earlier, you want Robertson to be that primary defender and want him fighting over screens a little bit. Um, but they can switch everything, and most of those guys can hold their ground. And I, I think that it, I think it would be a really interesting lineup experiment. And I think that it would be, I think it would be very productive uh, against Houston. Yeah. Worth a shot. Uh, let's see. Next question comes from at Brent underscore Mashia. He asks, in the likely chance that the Clippers core breaks up in the offseason, who do you feel the Thunder should pursue harder, Reddick or Griffin? Oh, uh, I, feel like, I feel like regardless, the Thunder need to at least check into the possibility of Blake Griffin. Yeah, via sign and trade, if to make it clear, right. And this is what I mean. And, and a lot of people have posed a lot of these scenarios to me. I literally don't. It is late April. Yeah, so much can change between now and July first. Um, right. In in a whole number of ways. I mean, just imagine. Like for example, here. Um, you know, uh, Russell Westbrook. Are they going to trade him? Well. What about, okay, the Lakers? We don't know. Are they going to get a top three pick this year and then get to keep their 2019 first-round pick? Mm-hmm. Or are they going to lose both of those? They could both if they be, lose very well, could both be gone thanks to their five-game win streak at the end of the season. <laughs> exactly. Um, and that would take them completely out of the equation, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but if those pieces fall into place, who knows? I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just saying that it wouldn't shock me if you know those events came together and something formed there um so anyway as far as the clippers go what if they upset the warriors and they go on to win the title this year i mean it's very unlikely but it's not impossible i mean with if kevin durant can't go we can just kind of play through this if kevin durant can't go Draymond green implodes during this during the series (laughs) it's not out of the question I think it's maybe like there's a 2% possibility, maybe probably less than that, <laughs> something like this happening. Yeah. Um, but it's possible. And you're right. Yeah. What, what of course they're going to run it back. Even if they if they beat the Warriors and they just and they lose in the Western Conference Finals, they're still going to run it back, right? I mean, they're not unless 
unless Blake is like, I am done playing with Chris Paul. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's possible. And then the Thunder would say Ennis Cantor and Demonis Sabonis or Ennis Cantor and Alex Sabrinas or Ennis Cantor and, you know, our draft pick or whatever <laughs> for Blake. Um, in a sign and trade, I think that the Clippers probably have to take a hard look at that and say, "Do we want to get something back for him?" And then, I mean, of course, Blake has to agree to it. Um, yeah, first, but I mean, I, I wouldn't say it's impossible. I say it, it's also very unlikely, maybe more likely than the Clippers beating the Warriors, but um, <laughs> still pretty close to that. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, that's that's my thoughts. I, I think Griffin more so than Redick. If this if the Thunder did not have uh, Alex Abrinas, yeah, I might change my thoughts a little bit on that. Or but, and Victor Oladipo too. I mean, you right. got you. The Thunder have really never been locked up at the shooting guard position. Um, yeah. You know, the past like four years, they haven't. They've always been looking for somebody, but they're finally in a place where they have good shooting guards, and now they need a wing or they need a power forward. Um, and so, to get, I mean, I'm fearful of what the the last year of Blake's contract looks like um, mm-hmm. as far as him physically. But if you're the Thunder and you have a chance to have like a two or three year run with Russ and Blake and Stephen Adams and Robertson and Oladipo, then heck yeah, like you've you've got to do that. <laughs> yeah, because that, that's so. a that's a formidable team that could be the second best team in the West, right? Uh, and I know that there's there's been a lot of Amari Stoudemire uh, comparisons, and I mm-hmm. and I get that because of the injury history. But I think Blake is is more skilled than Amari ever was. So oh, yeah. you know maybe some of those skills would still translate even into like when he's 31 years old. So, yeah. um, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know what the actual possibility of it is. I'm not saying go buy your cousin Blake Griffin Jersey just yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel it's more likely that the thunder go out and try to make a trade for some kind of under the radar, um, you know, up and coming sort of guys. I mean, again, like Isaiah Thomas was done an all-star when Boston traded for him. Yep. And I think more more likely Thunder are going to be looking at those type of deals. Where can we find the next guy that just needs an opportunity next to Russ? Yeah, yeah. Where can we get Chris Middleton before Chris Middleton was Chris Middleton? Kind right, of, kind of thing. Precisely. Yeah. Um, okay, we'll do a couple more questions from at Caleb underscore Jones underscore. What do you make of Weaver's comments in the SIP on Presty when he talks about Russ being better next year? Oh, I mean, the first thing I'm thinking is that sort of, uh, you know, organizational talk or I, I don't know. Um, but but also, too, I, I kind of feel like this season kind of became like, let's do something really cool for us. I don't yes. know if it started off that way, but sure. it certainly wound up there. Um, and maybe, you know, next season with some better fitting pieces in place. May, maybe what Weaver's thinking is that Russ, you know, will will be, you know, I want, I want to be very careful how I phrase this, because um, <laughs> I don't mean anything negative, you know, by what he's done this season. I totally yeah. get it, um, but there there are times where he just would not like go with the reins, and yeah. where I've wondered, like, can you actually run a functional NBA offense 
with Russell Westbrook, or is he just going to, is he, is his mentality just so much like I've got to take over? Um, you know, there was a missed shot. I've, okay. I've got to take over now. And can he relax a little bit with more, um, better fitting pieces in place? Maybe that's where Weaver's coming from. Yeah. It's like how many years in a row can he break the usage rate record? You know, <laughs> <laughs> probably not many and him be a productive no. player for a, a long time. I think it's also like they didn't have a lot of data on what a team should look like or what a team looks like when it's only Russell Westbrook. I mean, they had the the weird injury season, which I think that there's too much noise and all of that for them to take anything from it um, when KD yeah. was out with his foot. It wasn't like they, they they weren't just missing Durant. I mean, down the stretch, right. I mean, they were playing Steve Novak, key, you know, fourth quarter minutes yes. against the Houston Rockets. Um, you know, they were starting Mitch Stephen Harrison and his cancer and Mitch McGarry. Yeah, some of that was just pure survival mode. Yeah, and so I think that now they've got a lot of data on what this team could look like as a Russell Westbrook-led team going forward and what they need. And so maybe that's some of it. Uh, like you said, team building wise, I think they probably have a better idea of, of who they need to go get. Um, and yeah, I, I think also Russell, this is, I mean, in a lot of ways, this is year one and it's hard to think of it like that because the Thunder have been through so much and that, that Russ has been with this team for so long. But in many, many ways, this is year one. Team building wise, this is year one. Russell Westbrook being the one and only uh, superstar on the team is year one. And I, I think that Russ is learning a lot from this season. I think Sam is. I think that Billy is. Um, this was a this is a restart that they weren't anticipating. And so I think in year one of a lot of things and a lot of projects, if you've ever been a part of like a new project, you're in year one, you learn a lot. And then in the next year, you make adjustments and you do you're able to do different things and you're able to um, you're able to be better. So. I, th- I think it's probably a lot of that, like you said, organizational speak. Maybe not necessarily that, like, well, next year Russell Westbrook's going to shoot forty-five percent from three. That's how he's going to be better, um, <laughs> and he's going to have forty-three triple levels. Right, he's going to on record. Right, I think it's right. more a more process-oriented thing than it is a like pure results type of thought. Right, I would guess. And uh, I would expect the Thunder are going to be quite active this offseason i don't expect them to just make a draft pick resign andre robertson call it a day right i mean I, I expect them to be active yeah and a part of them being active is they're going to actively try to get russell westbrook to sign that extension that too um so it'll be it, it's going to be a busy busy summer so if you're we'll, we'll have lots of podcasts coming this summer because i think there's gonna be a lot to break <laughs> down um last question from at shannon z ward can we get Rondo as our backup point with our cap situation? He brings the best out of shooters, and uh, all of our shooters are in the second unit. Um, well, first of all, Rondo's under contract through next season. Yep. He's, he's, he's got a buyout, but now that we've seen playoff Rondo, uh, who knows <laughs> how that factors in. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't, yeah, see, I, I, don't, I don't see it. I would just leave it there. <laughs> yeah. Right. I don't, I don't see it because of what John said. And then also, <clears throat> uh, I don't think that he, I don't think that Rondo wants to be a backup. <laughs> I don't think he wants to back up Russell Westbrook and play. You can't play them together, right? You can't play Russ and right. Rondo together. So then like how many minutes are there for Rajon Rondo on the Thunder? Like 12? 
You want to play? Right. You think Rondo's going to be happy playing 12 minutes in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma? Like, very <laughs> doubtful. Very doubtful. Um, okay, we have to answer these questions from at Nikki K. I'm sorry, I thought that was our last question. She yep. asks, let's say in some warped outcome, the Warriors nor the Rockets win the title. How does it, how does this take the how long does it take the league and up and coming players to shift to a different style? Maybe not playing the very small. What do you think? I, I mean, I, we've mentioned this before. This is a copycat league. Um, if San Antonio were to win the title with all their mid range game, you know, and playing that traditional style of basketball, you know, and and they really expose some flaws along the way. I mean, it, it could very well you know, force the league to rethink because the Warriors, you know, they basically kind of spurred this revolution. Yeah. Um, they weren't the first team to quote unquote play small. Um, but they, I mean, with Draymond Green, they found a way to like, you know, run him at center and, you know, in certain lineups and, and just be devastating uh, with their shooting. And, and then other teams have been a lot of teams, not everyone, have been trying to catch up if they have the personnel to do it. So, um, yeah, I, I've always wondered. I've talked about this, you know, at games with some of the media people. Like, what is the next iteration of the NBA? Um, and, and you know, a lot of people. I, I've talked to Royce about it. Royce said I he really thought it was going to be the big man game because the Thunder came so close to upsetting the the Warriors last year. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's it's interesting to think about how the game's going to transform going forward. Uh, I still think, I think if the Warriors lost this season, it would be due to injury. I think it would be that KD couldn't go. Uh, I still think that we're all long, long ways away from any sort of change because I think the Warriors are still going to be looked at as the team to beat, and they should be. Uh, I hate to say that. <laughs> it's, not, it's not what I want to say, but I think that the, I think the Warriors are the team to beat. Um, here going forward and if you are going to stay big they're going to punish you with their three pointers so I think it's I, I maybe 10 years or so before we see a change I think a lot of teams are going to want to play small spread the floor uh, the problem is that there, there are not enough wings there's not enough wings to make it happen and that's why you see yeah. these other teams having to do different things that's why the Thunder have all these big guys because I mean, the market's saturated with them, and the Thunder have a lot of the really good ones. And so they want to be good in some way, and so they've decided to go after rebounds. Um, but not everybody can do what the Warriors are doing, not even like a poor man's version of it, because there's not enough wings in the NBA. And to me, that's a mm-hmm. big reason why I think the Thunder need to draft a wing um, in this upcoming draft. And I, I don't know who's going to be available there, but if the Thunder have the ability to take a, a wing or a guard... Uh, I think that they need to, uh, just because I, I think developing those guys is is a really big deal. So, um, yeah. not not quite the most thundery answer, but that's kind of what we're looking at um, when it comes to this Warriors team. I don't think that them losing the title again this year would really change all that much. So, um, yeah. Next question from Nikki K. She works for um, KFOR here in Oklahoma City. Shout out to Nikki K. Uh, sh- this is our last question. She asks, you are a monster from the East, and you've got a big game coming up before you're sent back to space, and you get to drain one talent from a superstar in the West. Are you taking Harden's passing, Russell's rebounding, or Kawhi's silence? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
I want to say Kawhi's silence because that sounds so cool. I know. <laughs> I think she she is just giving examples, but I think that you can choose from whatever superstar you'd like. Oh, choose from whatever. Um, Steph Curry shooting. I know. That's what I thought too, John. Yeah. I don't I, want to think that. I, Help me. Let's just be re- let's just be real. <laughs> I know. <laughs> We're talking about an elite skill. I mean, Ru- I mean, Russ is rebounding very helpful. But at the end of the day, you've got to put the ball in the basket. <laughs> yeah, no uh, doubt. I would and take. It's annoying. It is. It's so annoying. I'm annoyed with myself. I'm miffed at myself that I even think that. But I think that that that's the elite skill. If you could just take one skill, because all these other guys are so dynamic. Russ is so dynamic. Harden's so dynamic. Kawhi's so dynamic. And Curry is too. But Curry's shooting. I mean, it's just so valuable. It's you don't have Curry on that. Warriors team, you don't have a Warriors team. Even with Durant, even Steph. with all those other guys. Yeah. And then Steph Curry can't strut around after hitting a three. Um, you know, his, his wife can't take to social media accusing the league of cheating. Right. <laughs> um, there, I think there's a lot of benefits that come from that. Also, if we take away his shooting, the Warriors, there's no chance they win the title. Because if you don't have to defend Steph Curry, then the defense against the Warriors gets a lot easier. So that's where it makes it okay for me to do that. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Uh, John, thanks for coming on the show today. We can follow you on Twitter at John M. Ham. We can listen to you on the franchise here locally. Uh, Enjoy the games tonight, people. If they lose, don't freak out. And uh, have a great (laughs) Wednesday. (laughs) 